up, everyone? I'm Katherine Rudder, and you're listening to Life in the Fast Chain. For this episode, we have Head of America's Business Development from R3, Carlos Arena, and he talks about being in the Olympics. He talks about Mezcal, which is our drink for the booze and blockchain part of this podcast that I have recently introduced. Um, and he talks all things blockchain, what he thinks is going to happen in the future with this technology. Is it going to work well with other emerging technologies? We cover a lot of different points and we have a lot of fun doing it. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm here with Carlos Arena. <laughs> that was bad. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I am here with Carlos Arena, uh, head of America's business development. Thank you for coming in. I'm going to keep my first arena and the arena for everyone to hear how badly I messed that intro up. Perfect, perfect, perfect. I do happy not like here. editing. I'm so happy to have you in the studio. So I told you about our new segment that seems to be okay for right now. I may take it away if it's a little if it's a little much, but blockchain and booze. What did you bring in to the studio today? I brought in mezcal, and I'm really, really proud of Bar 3, because uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to go downstairs to buy a bottle of mezcal, and no, there was one here, and it's from Oaxaca, which is great. So good yeah. mezcal, and let's give it a shot. I know. I just want to say that for um, people listening, we have it's straight mezcal, and it's... Um, room temperature, just like the rum I had last week, which is kind of funny because I'm normally a mixer, but I'm, I'm very excited to try this mezcal with you. Thank you. Cheers. Salud. Salud. Yeah. Actually, I think I like that better than the rum. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little smoky. I mean, obviously it's smoky because it's mezcal. Yeah. But um, okay, I like it. Why did you pick this? Um, mezcal is like close to me because I so I'm Mexican, born in Mexico, mm. but my family, whenever they came from Spain, they actually arrived in Oaxaca, and this is uh, mezcal comes from the Oaxaca region, so it's not Jalisco. I didn't know that. So it's a different region in Mexico that <coughs> gives you either tequila or mezcal. And mezcal is from Oaxaca. Oh, I did not know that. I like it better. It's a similar plant, but it's different. And yeah. obviously the taste is different. So why do you drink it straight? Is that a normal? I guess everyone else is just like classy drinkers. <laughs> yeah, no, it's supposed to be kind of like a nice drink. So yeah. you're supposed to savor it instead of mixing it or just shotting it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Don't take shots of this. Well, I think it ha it kind of smells different than it tastes. Do you agree? Do you want to smell it? It's <laughs> you're like, sure. I know what it smells with. What it smells like. So, Smoky. I like it. It's yeah. and again, you have the. Uh, Añejo and all, all the different varieties, but it's really, really good. Give it a shot. Yeah, I like it. Mezcal margaritas, mezcal everything are coming to a bar near you very, very near soon. Near you. Yeah. yeah, they are good. They're definitely like hip now. It is. Would you say that? Yes. Have you been drinking mezcal forever and now you're like, okay, all these people are just... I have because my grandmother used to drink it a lot. She would dip her pinky 
into it、What? and give us like a taste of it. Oh, so since I was、cute. very, very, very young, I was drinking mezcal. This <laughs> is very, very young. <laughs> okay, well, we also have before we jump into blockchain stuff. I also wanted to surprise you, but you kind of guessed that I was going to bring this up on the podcast. But to talk about the fact that you were in the Olympics,、yes. which makes you one of the coolest people I know. Not just because of that, but because of how multifaceted you are as a person. <laughs> Carlos, tell me about the Olympics. What were you there for? So I swam 100, 200 backstrokes in、uh, 1996 Atlanta Olympics. I represented Mexico, obviously.、Um, but yeah, swimming was my life. I came to the U.S. Be- just because of swimming,、mm-hmm. and、um, and yeah, it was.、Uh, oh, you're so modest. It's so cool.、Oh, wait, was- I like when it, one of the first times when you told me that you were、um, you were in the Olympics. You were talking about the Olympic rings. Yes. And how you didn't get them tattooed on your body? Yeah, I didn't. Which I think is funny because at the time you were like, "Well, now it's too late." <laughs> yeah, I mean, many many years have gone by, and yeah, no tattoo. A lot of people actually get it、uh, just the Olympic rings, and you know, the decision is where to get them. Yeah.、And、where would you have gotten them? I think on the, my back. On your back. I actually went to get it, but then I chickened out and didn't get it. So why are you scared of needles? It wasn't. It was just whatever. I was drunk. I was. Yeah. I was like, no, I should do it when I'm sober, and then. Oh,、never、and then、happened. you never did it. <laughs> That's like the one time I've heard of like a <laughs> the right decision a, being the right made. The right decision yeah, being made no, and then no, no, regretting、no. it. I don't regret it. No, no.、Um, okay, that's good. It's part of who you are. It's crazy.、Yeah. I'm watching, you know, skiing or a random other sport event, and it brings back a lot of memories and a lot of things, and it's really, really cool. Yeah.、Um, it's just something that you know will always be a part of you. And my friends and family are a lot of them through swimming. Yeah. So it's just it's like a family. It is definitely a family. So yeah, my swimmer friends, my coach.、Um, Yeah, it's it's still part of who you are, who I am, and this is just many many years, decades after、uh, I was swimming competitively. So it is so cool from like a washed up college athlete. Like I can't even imagine what it would be like to go to the Olympics. It must have been like a surreal experience. It is really cool. One of the cool things that happened was that you know you walk into the um, um, opening ceremonies, and my parents were going to be there.、Uh-huh. And but I had no idea where their tickets were, right? So you just <laughs> walk into this massive stadium. As as you get closer and closer to the stadium, the the noise is getting louder and louder. Instead of going through a tunnel, they they built this ramp that you you would go up and then down the ramp、mm-hmm. into the stadium. And again, the noise was getting louder, louder, louder. And you've been waiting for this moment for like you know, your life, my entire life. <laughs> and also just how many hours you. You know, going back and forth in the pool. How many sacrifices your family have to do? How many、yeah. vacations you don't take, etc., etc. So you're there. You're ready. It's freaking exciting. You're ready <laughs> to go. The noise is crazy. So it's again super, super exciting. And then I'm walking down. Into the stadium, so now you're part of the stadium. That the noise is not, you know, you don't hear from the outside. You are now in, in it,、mm-hmm. which is amazing. You're just holding your breath and just, you know, very, very excited about it. And then suddenly, I see these、um, stairs, like a staircase,、uh-huh. and at the bottom of it, I see a Mexican flag. And、oh、I'm like,、gosh. oh, cool, that's Mexican. And I'm like, oh shit, no, it's my family, and it was my family that it was there. And I just stopped and froze, and and Mexico kept. Going and then it was Mongolia, whatever country was behind us, and I just, 
I don't know. I just froze there. It's seeing my family and the people who had taken me to so many workouts and so many meets and so many everything. And it was that moment where it was them and, I, and me sharing this thing that was unbelievable. So That is so cool. It was how very cool. They, how but did that they was get before, there? They just went down and they just, again, I just thought, you know, I would say hi to a stadium and then suddenly you see your family there. It was Oh my really gosh. Cool. Yes. I literally just teared up. <laughs> no, you should But it was, it's, it's just amazing. That, that memory is there. I have a picture, they have a picture of me and it's the best picture I've had in my life. It's, it's really, really cool. And I have not swam yet. Uh, and then I swam and I did a good, <laughs> good, good job. job. Good. No medals, no nothing. At the same time, what I did my effort. best time there. You made it. Which I was very, oh, very you your best time ever there? Yes. Then I got Whoa. better I, after, but yes. I bet the adrenaline was pumping like crazy. Yeah, it's, it's a minute of my life. It was less than a minute. Mm-hmm. And you want that minute to be perfect. You want yeah. you know, you want to feel good. You want to when you start to be perfect. You want everything. And and yeah, it's just one minute in your life that is Memorialized forever. Exactly. It's key to the rest of it. And, uh, but it's really, really cool. So, yeah, whenever you see someone, you know, about to kick the, the penalty or about to dive or about to shoot something, it's just that adrenaline that happens just before you actually have to, you know, execute whatever it is. Yeah. It's something that I, I miss as that minute that everything needs to come and yeah. needs to be perfect and you need to be ready for it. So. Wow. I love that story. (laughs) Thank you for making me cry. No. (laughs) Well, and I I don't even know how a good transition into blockchain. (laughs) I was about to say something corny and like, and that moment you dove in the pool is like when you dove into our three, but that sounded. um, That was way, 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 way before. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how you got into this though. So actually, I want to, I do want to talk about how you went from. Um, you went from swimming in the Olympics. Where did you go next, and how did you get to R3? So I came to the U.S. to go to college to swim, and I could care less, you know, about school, to be honest. Uh, I was financing. Love the honesty. Finance undergrad, <laughs> and then hey, you I, had to care a little bit if you're finance undergrad. And I was a good student, but yeah. the main driver was swimming. I was yeah. here for swimming, um, and then I finished my undergrad, and I wanted to continue to swim, so I did my masters to, so I could stay in Texas for two more years. <laughs> so I was there for six years, and. Um, after my master's, I thought I was going to continue swimming, but mm-hmm. there's no money to be made in swimming, or there, there wasn't, especially for someone in Mexico. And I was good, but I wasn't that good to actually be, you know, speedo representative. Maybe for Mexico, but not for the, <laughs> the <laughs> world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so a few of my friends who swam with me in Texas actually did get uh, money, but it was it was still. It's got to be a lot. so competitive it too. Was, yeah, it I was. Mean, it was not a lot too. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, a friend of mine who swam with me back in Mexico mm-hmm. went through an interview and for Goldman, mm-hmm. didn't take the job, but said, you should call my friend in Austin. Hey, so they call me. Friend. So they call me out of the blue, and I started working for Goldman right after. So it was it was a transition of a lot of hours and a lot of focus from swimming into a lot of hours and focus that I had to put into <laughs> work. working in an investment bank uh, for a few <laughs> yeah. years. So yes, I, I it was it came randomly, uh, but in a way, it was the end of my career and especially the end of 
um, my time here as, as you know as a Mexican who came here just for swimming and I stayed to find a job the job was really good was in Goldman was in New York I had never been to New York Ooh, so I never uh, left uh, exactly <laughs> this year is actually a funky year for me because I've been living in New York longer than I ever lived in Mexico yeah so who am I where am I who are you it's crazy Carlos I'm still and you're very, pronouncing very your last name Arena exactly. when it's Arena Arena, it's still arena, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's easier to pronounce arena, and people are like, arena. Oh yeah, a r e n a. Yeah, they know how to spell it uh, rather than people who don't know Spanish and who are like a d e n. Yeah. So, so I got into Goldman. In Goldman, I worked probably around 13 years. I was doing sales for FX and and interest rate products, uh, specifically derivatives and more structured products than just flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, a good portion. Then I saw how the market continued to shrink for Latin America. And there was a lot of um, just regulatory costs and, and, and just high risk into Latin America. So I could see that the appetite of the bank uh, was shrinking and shrinking in the rest of the region. Mm-hmm. And I started to look around as to my job potentially being disrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, and started looking as to what could potentially change in finance. Uh, and that's where I found uh, blockchain in 2000, 2014, more or less. Yeah. Met with Todd. Todd was, you know, former trader uh, in FX. So we shared a lot of, uh, you know, daily. Uh, Woes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. War stories. Um, <laughs> but it was, a, it was a great connection, and it was uh, something that led me into R3, and mm-hmm. the expansion that R3 at that moment was doing in regards to adding more banks yeah. and growing uh, regionally, and they were looking for someone who had uh, relations and contacts in Latin America, and that's why I joined, and happy to be here for almost three years now. Almost three years. You haven't. You come, you've been here more than three years, right? No. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh! I always think of you as like one of the OGs. I am an OG, but you still, are an OG for sure. Not. The, <laughs> not the OG. Not the OG. Uh, no, I, I mean early guys, but yeah, um, probably around thirty something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I feel like we're all early, early stages, but I do want to talk about Latin America and um, how. Latin America, Mexico, how they're adapting this technology, because we had talked a little bit about this before, and I've had um, people on talking a lot about the U.S. and the U.K. and uh, Asia. I actually want to get um, some people on the podcast to represent APAC, but I'd love to talk about LATAM and how they're adopting this tech. It's... LATAM is great. You go and you meet with like a very, very senior person at one of the largest financial institutions. And you go in and here I am, Carlos Arena from R3, and I'm here to explain, you know, blockchain. And they're like, oh, blockchain. I love that. No blockchain. (laughs) Blockchain. They're like, yeah, I know blockchain. And I've been, you know, I have teams and loads of people that are working on blockchain. I'm like, oh, my God. It means that they haven't even read the word. No, some blockchain. Yeah, some change. Uh, So there are... So we're behind in Latin America. That's that's as a whole. I I, I can say that uh, there are some regions, specifically countries, for example, Brazil, who's not behind at all. Yeah. The other way around, they have been very aggressive. They've been investing uh, time, money, and mm-hmm. they are also already developing their own networks, uh, which are you know 
related and unrelated to the rest of the world, um, but they're doing uh, what needs to be done to improve their own financial system. So you have Brazil that is really, really advanced and at par with Europe or the US. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then you have others that are block changing the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they're not there yet. Um, in some countries, they're still waiting for, why should I join if others are not in? I get that, I and, get that mentality. And it's, 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 it's difficult. So there's some, there's still a lot of education that needs to happen in the region. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also regulators that need to be involved. They have been, yeah. you know, dibbling with it, but they haven't yeah. been truly involved. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's, there's a lot of, um, success stories, for example, Banorte, for example, B3, yeah. Itaú, Bradesco, BCI, BCP, uh, yeah. Da Vivienda. So there, there are many that are incredible in what they're doing and how far they are coming along at the same time. Yeah. There's still, as, as, as a whole market, there's still uh, some growth to happen. And yeah. I think the focus is, there's, there's less pressure on cost reduction. Mm-hmm. So there's less pressure from them. Um, they are much more focused on growth in and, and banking the unbanked. Yeah, and why they don't, is that? It's just there's still so many people. There's there's so much market share that need they need to grab, yeah. and so they don't care if they need to hire you know hundreds of people mm-hmm. and build three more buildings. Uh, to actually bank all these people that are yet to be banked. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's, it's different pressures, uh, and, and that's why the, the importance or the priority of a blockchain solution or applications that will make the, any process much more efficient mm-hmm. is not necessarily a uh, priority to them. Yeah, that makes sense. I kind of, I, so I can see both sides of, of like wanting to get involved, wanting to be the first one, like foot in the door, and I can see the benefits of that. Um, but I can also see the benefits of kind of being like, oh, well, let's see how this plays out. And I feel yeah. like that's that's definitely the case. Yeah, and I think what's important is uh, many of these institutions are regional banks, uh, and they have many subsidiaries. Uh, so the Colombians, for, com- for example, have a lot of subsidiaries in Central America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, obviously the Brazilians all over Latin America. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Mexico, you have some, some subsidiaries outside into the U.S. So even, and also they're part of um, large, financial conglomerates so you would have mm-hmm. a bank an insurance company uh, a pension fund all of them that are owned by the same entity yeah and using blockchain for those internal use cases would be amazing okay so I still push for it yeah. because I still think there's a massive, massive um, benefit for them to actually involve or, or include blockchain in some of their you know, internal processes, where yeah. it's just the silos that happen in between the same uh, companies that are uh, under the same hold call yeah. uh, are crazy. That's like, got to be just, difficult to navigate. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's difficult to navigate. At the same time, it's such a necessity. Yeah, and it's also a process that they can't control. Yeah. Sometimes whenever you get into a network, uh, a Colombian or a Mexican or whatever network, it's hard to actually uh, you know, get others to participate and force others to participate or incentivize yeah. others to participate. While for, for this, uh, you could have control over you know, several entities mm-hmm. that using a blockchain application would be quite um, um, successful and ROIs could be easily uh, seen. Yeah. So I try not to like really 
pitch R3 too much in these um, recordings because I want anyone who wants to learn about blockchain to uh, listen in. But there are blockchain. Um, (laughs) There are. I love that. I love that so much. I'm gonna like write that in my diary later. Um, No, uh, but there are a good amount of of Latin American customers on Corda Enterprise, right? There are. Again, the Brazilian. Again, Brazil is. I mean, Brazil is like like rocket. And not only on R3 or you know they they are inc- very very aggressive they have been and not aggressive in a bad word they're just sophisticated and mature they know what um, they need they know what they need they found the use cases and they are mm-hmm. doing the work to actually uh, get it into production and and do live transactions and live uh, use cases, you know, like it's, it's no longer a POC, it's no longer to see if it works. Yeah. They have identified those that actually work and uh, they're embedding them into their processes and systems. Yeah. Um, so you talked earlier a little bit off off air about crypto fanatics in Venezuela yeah. and Argentina. True. Talk it's to just, me about them. No, it's just like a really, really difficult financial um, situation uh, that is actually helping people uh, look into other uh, ways of yeah. uh, storing value. Mm-hmm. And for many, uh, cryptos have actually worked in, a, in an economic system that is failing. Yeah. Venezuela's you know, exchange economic is just a complete failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and through a cryptocurrency, you can actually find a way to actually transfer value and store value. Yeah. Um, so yes, there's a lot of development in Argentina and, and, and Venezuela, specifically on cryptos. Um, people are using them, people have wallets. So it's, it's, it has promoted the widespread adoption yeah. of, of cryptocurrencies. And what would be really, really interesting is then to turn those people that are familiar and have already used it to actually uh, deploy all their uh, services uh, that use blockchain that um, when a massive adoption of the population has already taken place. So yeah, I think right now it's mainly in cryptos, but at some point it could easily transfer into other uh, applications such as, uh, you know, digital wallets yeah. uh, f- uh, for your identity and, 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 and other things. Well, it's a first step, right? Like, I feel like a lot of people, when I talk to them about what I do and I talk about blockchain and I bore them to death, <laughs> um, I, I, joking, I'm just saying like at a bar, people are like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, how much time do you have? Let's talk yeah. about blockchain. <laughs> yeah. But no one really knows what blockchain is. I'm not no one, but a good amount of people don't know what blockchain is, but they know what cryptocurrencies are. So I feel like yep. it is a first step to getting like just people more knowledgeable at least. I say I work in a blockchain company and like they look at me funny. I'm yeah. like, do you know Bitcoin? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. It just works on, Bitcoin, on blockchain. So then done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's my three second pitch. On yeah, me too. The company that I work for. Yes. Me too. And then I have like layers. I'm like, oh, do you know what blockchain is? And people are like, oh, well, I have like this, uh, like a base knowledge, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right. So pretend your navigation, and then I go into whole my my whole spiel. But um, yeah, so it is it is a first step at least for them to be knowledgeable of the yeah. technology. Um, okay, so here, are you involved in any projects? And I'm asking that because I know you are. But can you talk about one of them that you can talk about publicly? Sure. Uh, so I have been very involved with um, a specific project for open account trade finance, uh, specifically uh, Marco Polo, and we're working with TradeIX, which is 
I've had them on. I, so we've talked about Marco Polo partner. on a early, early, early episode. So yes. I'm hoping that anyone who listens to this podcast, sorry for interrupting you because I asked you a question and then I just jumped in. <laughs> you talk. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I make the rules, Carlos. Yes. Um, but uh, sorry. So we had, if you're listening to this and you're interested in what Carlos is about to say, we have an earlier episode on Marco Polo with Dave Sutter. And you have and to listen to we that have, and, because yeah, yes. Commerce Bank. We have like we have we have the works. Yeah. Sophie's on it. Sophie home from yep. our London office. Okay, sorry, I'll let you talk. I'm talking. I'm done. No, no, no. Definitely go back to that and definitely learn from what David Sutter has to say. Uh, it's, yeah. He's doing like really, really amazing things, and also has seen the evolution of how an application needs to uh, be tweaked to actually be able to be deployed into uh, production systems, mm-hmm. uh, and also the vision of a product that is not necessarily the same process done more efficiently, yeah. but just rethinking how uh, trade finance in this case uh, should be done, leveraging yeah. a new technology that was not there before. So you're not trying to make the same thing faster or more efficient or less error prone. You're trying to change the way uh, you provide financing and it yeah. could potentially provide for you to actually have access. So many people talk about financial inclusion. Mm-hmm. This, is, this could be a tool for financial inclusion in the sense that they might not know you as a client or as a customer, but by having an orchestration that matches a purchase order to uh, invoice, to logistics information, to the merchandise is already left and made it to China and is Mm -hmm. beyond customs, the risk of that transaction, doesn't matter who the customer is, Mm -hmm. is is reduced. So by using this technology, you'll be able to see that transaction and maybe you'll be able to finance that specific trade, Mm -hmm. even though you don't know the customer. Yeah. So that is exactly what Marco Polo is doing in doing uh, different orchestrations for receivables and payment commitment as of now. There's going to mm-hmm. be more project, more products on, on um, open account. And what open account is, which is different to documentary trade, is that you don't have an, a specific document that is financing mm-hmm. that trade. Uh, you have your balance sheet and you're leveraging assets in your balance sheet uh, to actually provide the financing. So it's more of a bilateral agreement that happens between the bank and the buyer or a combination or buy and seller, buyer's mm-hmm. bank and seller's bank. Uh, but I think what's truly, truly amazing and unbelievable regarding this one is just the integration that has been made in regards to uh, ERPs. So they're embedding the, the, the actual solution Mm-hmm. to ERP systems, specifically. What's ERP system? ERP is basically the books and records of, of corporates. Gotcha. So it's your accounting, is your, you know, it's how you run your books. Got it. Here at R3, not that I'm promoting this, but uh, <laughs> we use NetSuite, and so it's a cloud ERP, Yeah. Uh, and that's what we use to, you know, you know, when auditors come in, they actually get into that system, and that system is NetSuite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what TradeIX has done is they have embedded their marketable solution into uh, ERPs, mm-hmm. specifically NetSuite and Dynamics for uh, as of now. But it's it's amazing because as a corporate, you mm-hmm. will not have to download anything. You will okay. only already have a working capital solution that is part of your ERP. Okay. And if you want to use it, you just you know pull the information directly from your books and records. And what's really, really cool is instead of you as a corporate having to reconcile your books and records to a portal 
either a mm -hmm. bank portal or a destination application or something, you're using your books and records to actually commu communicate directly to, to a bank. And the bank now has access to the books and records. Okay. So you have receivables in your balance sheet, and those receivables would be used to finance a loan. Mm -hmm. And you have, as a bank, the ability to say what's eligible and what's not eligible. Mm -hmm. And you also have the ability to see that those receivables will not be used to finance multiple loans only your loan will be financed by those receivables. So it's just, yeah, no, it's really cool in the sense of, it's like an Epcot moment. I like, yeah. Where a bank yeah. actually can see into the books and records of their clients. Yeah. And the clients has direct access through their books and records to yeah. a bank and how much credit they have, how much they have used, when they yeah. can use more or less. So it's, it, it is truly, um, revolutionary in the sense that the adoption will be there because we're making it as easy as possible for uh, corporates to adopt. And two, it's just there's no longer a process of you sending an Excel file with your invoices you. to see what is uh, what you can um, use to actually vouch for a specific finance yeah. or financing. Um, so, yes, it's... it's that, that one I can talk about. That's a great really cool. example. That's a great example because it shows, it's just like the underlying technology in this use case. And like we've talked about a, all these different use cases and like I will be the first to say I don't know anything about that stuff. I mean, I kind of do, but not really. But like I can relate to it because of how universal the technology is that like no matter what having, it's, I mean, this is going to be, it's going to sound corny, but it's the whole what you see is what I see situation. Yeah. And um, whizzy whiz, um, and it, it applies to all different industries. So this is a perfect example. And also, they're like doing so much. Marco Polo has has really taken off. I feel. Yeah, and I, I, and again, it's just the way you have you know X number of relation banking relationships. Yeah. And you might be a tiny little corporate that nobody knows you. You know, Carlos.com, nobody or LTD, whatever. Nobody knows me. Nobody wants to lend me. But if I can prove to a bank that I sold this cement mm -hmm. to a construction company in China mm -hmm. and the cement is already out there and uh, the company is to pay me in 30 days, it's a much different risk profile yeah. than Carlos.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just that is what truly I think will help us uh, incentivize more lending yeah. and create inclusion and and scale into things that have been really difficult because for now it's just a bilateral agreement between a bank and Carlos. Um, yeah. And I might want to have um, you know more banking relationships and also more ways of uh, using my balance sheet to finance. Yeah, and it validates that you're a trustworthy person. It does, Obviously, but more by the transactions. Saying. Like I have done everything that I had to do as a, as a seller. Yeah, I'm done. So now all I need is to get paid, and the my cement is not stuck in customs, or the boat actually 
you know, mm-hmm. drowned or whatever. <laughs> no, <laughs> no it took a turn. No, just but kidding. that's what I'm saying. Like, it's no, just there's so many things in trade finance that happen that a yeah. transaction actually doesn't get completed, which is out of your control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the buyer will only buy the goods whenever they get it. So that's a good way for us to track where everything is, to have one source of truth. Mm-hmm. And for the, to the banking that is lending money, yeah. uh, to have less risk associated with that specific transaction. Yeah, that's a very good example. Thank you for sharing that. Boats drowning. I don't know Both why drowning. I said that, but yeah. <laughs> boats drowning. ESL. ESL. Boats sinking. It, 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 drowning go, isn't the right word. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone got what you were saying. Um, okay, so curveball, before I let you go, because the studio is getting so hot. Do <laughs> you yes. feel that too, or is it just me? <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> okay, studio is getting super hot. So last question, um, just to throw it out at you to see what you say. Where do you see in... So what what year is it? 2019. In 2039. Wow. No, that's too far. Is yes. that too far? Yes. Okay, so, I'll um, be dead. So, oh, my God. <laughs> Carlos. I'll be dr- I'll drown. I'll you're drown you're drowning on a boat. <laughs> As a swimmer, I'll be drowning. No. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That is like com- like comedic genius. Anyways. Um, okay, so let's not do 20 years. Let's do uh, in 10 years. Yeah. Um, what do you see as this technology? Uh, that's I didn't really phrase that right, but like, what do you see this technology doing in the future? One of my favorite things, and I hope that I'm not a- asking a question and then answering your answer for you, is that um, I think Richard Gendel Brown has said this before, but he wanted he said that in the future I want people to be everyone to be using blockchain, um, but not know that they are. And I think that was a cool way to say it. Yes, that. Were you going to say that? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No, well, but it's true. It's like that it runs <laughs> on Corda would be great. It runs yeah. on blockchain would also be great. Um, but yeah, it's it's similar to, I mean, the way I envision it is similar to the internet and what the internet is today and mm-hmm. what the original use cases of the internet were and how we use it for absolutely everything, or it seems yeah. that we use it for absolutely everything today. And I think that's gonna be the case for blockchain, where yeah. there's many uh, processes that um, will change, but in a way we will not know that they are running uh, blockchain beneath it. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also lied to you. I want to talk a little bit about something else, too. So when we... <laughs> so I don't want to let you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, it's okay. You can pour yourself some more mezcal. Um, actually, it's warm. It's room temperature, so it's not, like, refreshing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm dying. Okay. Um, so I don't know how much, like, work you've done with, like, or, like, research with AI and convergence of AI and blockchain or IoT and whatever, but they're all emerging technologies. Do you see them all like working together in the future? Um, And if you do, how so? Tough question. Uh, I'm not necessarily (laughs) the the best guy to answer this. Uh, I'll answer it in a non technical manner. I'm the worst person to answer this. Yeah, in a non technical manner, I I can answer that. I think, Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, the amount of information that is coming out of AI. it's just massive and, and, and it can create a lot of noise. And what yeah. I hope is that some of that noise could be managed and, and 
you know, cultivated through uh, blockchain applications. So yeah. yes, there's an overlaying, uh, and there's a potential for us to for us to like layer and add uh, additional capabilities with other technologies such as AI. Um, but I also worry about just trying to solve like a massive problem with all these things at the same time. I think finding specific use cases for AI, specific use cases for blockchain is better. Mm-hmm. And let's make sure that we grab those use cases and drive them all the way into production. So yeah. having you know crazy potential POC no, to the hype. exactly to yeah. solve the world's problems. Yes, it could be great, but we will not get it done. And I think what's, what's really, really important for us and the focus that we have here at three is uh, driving projects into production, go through the security requirements and protocols that many institutions have, uh, and make sure that even though it might be an unsexy use case, that it's real and yeah. it's providing benefit, and let's prove that that works. Yeah. And once we have a network, and once it's adopted, once it's gone live, uh, we can begin to layer up other things. I just, I just worry about, um, you know, castles in the sky in the sense of adding all these different technologies when we need to just we we have a big problem in front of us. Mm-hmm. That big problem is blockchain adoption. We're solving it. Let's make sure that we do that first before we get too complicated with other things on top. Okay, so I just want to say that I'm very happy I asked you because that is a very realistic and very palpable explanation of kind of these technologies because I think some people, especially if you don't really understand all of them, um, conflate them. And uh, I know I've talked a bunch on this podcast about the hype cycle and all that stuff, but that's a very realistic take on these different technologies and kind of trying to find the use cases for them and work from there, not trying to like fit a, what's the saying, fit a square peg in a circle hole. Have you heard of that Thing. thing? <laughs> yes. I get nervous. I don't know. After I had Jorge Lesmes on, I said like I said a saying skip like oh, it a it's chat a, it's or a whatever it was. Skip and a jump uh, away. Yeah. And he had no idea what he was talking about, but he just like nodded uh-huh. to act like uh-huh. he knew. And uh-huh. I just I have laughed so hard at that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I, I think it's right. And don't get me wrong. There, there are many where the use case requires AI. For example, yeah. us, usage insurance. Uh, you know, Ryan is already working on several tools that have, for example, fleet management and how you actually have uh, different ins- insurance rates mm-hmm. uh, depending on usage of trucks. So that would be, and that is driven by, um, you know, yeah. IoT that is on the trucks that is actually feeding the information as to how much you will be charged for that insurance policy. Cool. So that is happening. But again, it's but just. But that's let's the use just, case in particular. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. actually, just uh, making sure that that use case, one, um, you know, there's demand for that. Uh, and two, uh, that the information that we're receiving from this IoT devices actually is valuable. Yeah. And is actually lowering the policy. It's <laughs> actually like worth exactly, it. It's not just exactly. like throwing things together just exactly. to be like, hey, exactly. I, I paper mache these yeah, technologies. To be fair, blockchain right now, it doesn't matter how, it could be the best use case, but for the most part, we're replacing uh, an old process. Yeah. And right now, it's more costly to do a blockchain project because mm-hmm. you're running two of them in parallel. 
So until you actually undo or stop doing the old way or the legacy way of doing things, mm-hmm. uh, it is more costly to for you to do that. So similar yeah. to to analyzing all the information that will come from IoT will be costly, and how much is that insurance policy to be um, reduced? Uh, while you have additional costs in regards to analyzing the information, that's to be proven and to be tested. But um, some use cases are good and are currently live, and it's not something that will happen in five years or in 2029, as you said. 2029, you didn't like that? Uh, No, it's too far (laughs) out there. It will happen sooner, but I do believe that specific use cases for blockchain, specific use cases for AI, we should focus on each individually and solving those problems uh, first, driving them into production, and then we'll expand and layer uh, one on top of the other. Salud. Muy bien. Gracias. De nada. Gracias for coming into the studio and listening to Life in the Fast Chain and for showing me mezcal because I drank all of it. And Did you? I did. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> well, you no, were but, talking. I was just listening. And the last thing is, so this bottle of mezcal, which we didn't know, Mezcal Union, I've never heard of it before, but it's from San, San Baltazar, Oaxaca. See? Oh, you're so right. Let me see. All of it comes from Oaxaca. Oh, it's a cute label. If it's it, a cute label. If it's mezcal not from Oaxaca, be careful. Be oh. very, very careful. You guys, we just learned something important. Oh, my God. 40% alcohol by volume? Tequila is the same. Is it? Yeah. That feels like a lot. It's good. It's Try very it. good. <laughs> I mean, I liked it. I finished <laughs> I, I did say, I don't know if you noticed while you were talking a few times, I just like made a little face to myself like, <laughs> and, well, no one can hear and or see that? what I'm doing on the podcast. Maybe I'll just she take the it. video clip and have me like cr- like cringing. I'll take every part I, I, I cringed at and put it on the thing. But I, do you know what this label is? Have you ever had this mezcal before? I have not. Um, do you like it? I did Is it like up it. to your standards? Yeah, I don't have standards. I like it. <laughs> Period. Uh, but yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, it's clear mezcal, and it didn't have, so we're going to end on this, but it didn't have the worm. Which Catherine was not happy I with. I was not happy about mezcal it. Mezcal with no worm. I was like, this is not real mezcal. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no mezcal, whatever, yeah, no worm. Okay, it's so okay. I have a question for you. Yes. Have you ever finished a bottle of mezcal and had to worry about the worm? Uh, no. For anyone who doesn't know about mezcal, normally they have, well, most of the time, right? Yep. They have a little dead brand, worm. But yes. Only one brand. <laughs> Only one brand. There really? was, yeah. No it's kind of like marketing in the U.S., yes. Oh, well, I'm on the marketing team, so. Yes. But wait. <laughs> Only one? Yeah, yeah. Are they the most popular one? That brought to the U.S., yes. I don't know why, but yes. In Mexico, there's no mezcal with worms. Okay. Yes. So I have to admit something. I hate the worm. (laughs) (laughs) I just act like I like it. But have you ever, you've had that one with the worm. Yes. What happens when you get to the bottom of the bottle? It's just in Mexico, you eat worms on on their own. You eat it? You eat those. You eat grasshoppers, specifically Oaxaca. If you grill them, it's different. They're all grill. They're grilled and they're thrown into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you eat them? Yeah. They're crunchy. Are you messing with me? No. Don't make me sound stupid on my own podcast. They're not. They're not. I'm serious. You, it's, it's have just, you eaten them personally? I have. Do you like it? It's a weird <laughs> taste, but they don't taste like much. It's just like fried something. Try them out. 
They're I'm, not bad. I'm for sure not. But more than anything, if you ever like, we'll end with a travel tip. Travel go, tip. Go to Oaxaca in Mexico. Oaxaca. It's the true Mexican town. It's unbelievable food, unbelievable town. You walk around. There's galleries. There's churches. There's everything, mm-hmm. and it is not. A Mexican Orlando is a real oh, Mexican good. town. So yes. Oh good. Go to Oaxaca. Drink Oaxaca. a lot of mezcal. mezcal. You'll have some gusanos, Eat some worms. which is some worms. Gusano. Wait, how do you say? Gusano. Gusano. Yeah. So I gusano de maguey. And grasshoppers and a lot of like weird. Okay, but don't food. they get a little bit soggy at the bottom of the bottle? Cause because because it's been they? soaking there forever, yeah, forever. and ever. And yeah. what if they're in? Like, how long can a worm be in a mezcal bottle? Honestly, it's alcohol. Could it be 40, years 40%, and years? Yeah, forty percent. Forty percent. Yeah, it's eighty proof. So <laughs> they're good. It's fine. The veteran us. Yes. <laughs> uh, preserve me in uh, mezcal when I'm dead. Just yes. kidding. Please don't. Um, okay. Thank you so much for coming in. I had so much fun, even though the studio is 800 million degrees, and I really enjoyed this mezcal. Did we drink that much? Yes. Nice. Um, Carlos, you've been a joy. Will you come on the podcast again? Of course. Okay, Thank good. you. I would love to talk to you when some of the other use cases and things that you've been working on kind of come to fruition. We'll ha- we have just so many fans that just want to follow you. So. <laughs> If you want, <laughs> did you just say yeah, right? Yeah, no. The, the last Carlos. thing I would say, I would yeah. throw. So there's a lot of um, ways that we communicate our three. There's uh, websites, uh, newsletters, um, mm-hmm. and there's a crazy WhatsApp channel that I, I actually manage. Uh, yeah, and you manage it, and you're very good at managing La- it. Latin Americans just care about uh, WhatsApp. So my phone it. number is. Nah. Oh, wait, wait, are you okay with giving your phone yeah, number out? I don't oh, care. You, oh, okay. I use it all the Sorry. time, anyway. <laughs> Sorry. So okay, continue. 917-861-7449. I'll write that in the bio, too, for anyone who That is my it. cell, which includes a WhatsApp chat. Yes. Which is... Someone just everyone. wrote. In, someone just wrote in the WhatsApp chat. Maybe Jorge. Maybe uh, Jorge. <laughs> Shout out to Jorge. Anyways, uh, you, no, it's there, but it's, it's just I just. Chat? I, I'll have to you give have you to a, so them. You, you send me a text. I'll add you to the chat. There's a bunch uh, of people in it. I'm uh, looking at it right now. And it's just a way that I share articles is uh, very biased. Um, you know. It's communication biased. channel where R3 promotes oh, yeah, yeah, R3. and shares our articles. Uh, but if you want to join, please send me a text and yeah. we'll add you. There are hundreds of people in it. I'm looking at it right now. Like 102. No, 100, no, no, there's more than that. <laughs> Carlos, come on. No, it's all, it's all over the world. And again, uh, it's, it's just for some, it's easier to communicate through that. Uh, happy to do that if that works. I have to say, it's like um, a little bit of a, like a, I remember, like I a Carlos, ja, ja, ja. like a, no, ja, ja, ja. <laughs> ja, ja, ja. Um, ja, 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 but it's a Carlos fan Blockchain, club a little ja, ja, bit. Ja. <laughs> Blockchain, but it is, ja, ja, ja. it is a little bit of a Carlos, oh, Carlos is pouring a little more, oh, uh, oh my goodness, last Carlos, shot, last shot. Last shot. You said we can't shoot it. And we're not shooting it. Yeah, we're not shooting it. Okay. Um, well, Carlos, thank you. Everyone joined the WhatsApp group. I will randomly post in it because I feel like I'm not doing enough. That was Outreach. so honest. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're I'll see Carlos. Oh, no, we're, we're getting deep. deep. It's a mezcal. Um, 
but I will post in it randomly, but Carlos really maintains it, and it's a great way to kind of digest what's going on, especially if you're not on Twitter or, I mean, I post to Facebook for the R3 channels, but if you're not on Facebook, you're not on Twitter. I know, he just gave me a loser sign, and that's a little rude, <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> um, but if you're not on LinkedIn or if you don't check it all the time, Carlos will hit you up. He's making fun of me. Carlos will hit you up. I'm just extending this episode because I'm Facebook having so account. much fun. Because I'm a cool kid. Yeah, well, well, okay. Yeah. You're, I was going to say something that's like actually not very nice. But no, no, funny. no. But yes. So there's many, many ways for us to connect. Uh, and that's just another way. That's why I'm throwing it out there. I'm sorry. I'm just extending the episode because I'm having so much fun. But we really have to get out of this um, podcast studio because we are going to die of uh, heat. So thank you so much, Carlos, for coming in. I will link to all the things you talked about. Marcopolo.finance is the website that Marco Polo, you can figure out. I think that's it. Right? Yeah. Oh, you gave me a look. Um, uh, so you can find out more about Marco Polo and we can talk about maybe I'll post some pictures of you in the Olympics I don't know if I'm feeling crazy thank you for coming in thank you that is all I have for you guys today thank you so much for listening to this episode of Life in the Fast Chain as always feel free to tweet your feedback at me at Bread and Rudder or you can do it at our uh, R3 account at Inside R3 also follow at Court of Blockchain on Twitter you can follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook as well also to get the latest updates from us we have a bunch of newsletters so we have the R3 Ledger which is more general R3 news what's going on in our ecosystem and at our three we have in the node a technical developer kind of focused newsletter um, we have an insurance quarterly newsletter we have a regulatory roundup which is all things going on in the regulatory space with blockchain and we have a research newsletter it kind of goes out sporadically when we send out new research so they're all great ways to get involved in the community and at least kind of know what's going on here at our three so I will link that in the bio. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much to me. I hope you guys enjoy the new segment, Booze in Blockchain, which one of my coworkers said that was just an excuse for me to drink at work. But that is not the case. I think it brings out a lot of cool and fun stories, just like Carlos and his grandma with her pinky and the, the mezcal. I don't know. Anyways, thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs>